Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. DJ Stroud also throws for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. As these guys are going to be seeing a lot of each other for a long time in the AFC South over here. No sound here, guys. I know you're both. I think you're throwing a sound. <laughs> yeah. No, just opening up the conversation. I like the fact that you. What the hell was that? I'm not was that? you. But like you didn't ask us a question. You have the rundown. I. You and I have worked together every day for a effing year and a half. Over a year, yeah. Yeah, for a year and a half, you and I have worked together every single day. That's true. You know I don't look at the rundown. This is true. I look. I trust you to lead That's me in true. the right it's direction. That's really a big reason why. I'm yes. Here. But yes, I, I, thought, I thought Jay would bail us out. Stop. That's why we know it was on you. Yes. We both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. That at the top was a little thing we called sound to open the show. You guys, just so yeah. you know, just so you know, if we ever do or it's, don't go to and, sound. And I will say, I think I'm completely in the right here, and I'll tell you why. You can't Exhibit A, yes. Jay Croucher. Yes. Well, that's because what threw me I'm off. I'm very on the Jay, ball. I'm Jay very went right to it. Look, no. I'm, you know, I Jay barely, reads the rundown. I, I, Jay, I love the rundown. Jay, exactly. Big rundown, rundown guy. Big rundown guy. Jay, Jay's at the show meeting. Yep. Jay pays attention. He's not distracted. Jay's Jay lives yeah. close to NBC. Exactly. That's the dedication. No, no, no. Jay is a model employee. <laughs> Jay is bright. Jay's not a disaster like me. But both Jay and I, if you watch that clip, both Jay and I are like both looking right at the camera waiting for some sort of clip to come, some sort of sound, and you're kind of like lazying your way into this comment. Yep. No, look, if, if God was pricing markets, and he, he might be, uh, that's minus 400, that was Connor's fault. Yes. Connor's, All right, yeah, fine. You know, just to make up for it, I, I got to the desk early today. I checked every spot. <laughs> Good. It, you, you know what? And it was worth the laugh. Yeah. I think. I think I might just make it a bit every couple yes. of weeks. No, Fake throw to sound. Reasonable, then you guys get nervous. Reasonable content. You know what's going to happen, though? The next time our guys in the back are slow getting to sound, you're both going to panic and think we're, yeah. we're not going to sound. I, I, I don't think you've paid it. T- Have I ever panicked on this show? <laughs> Only about the state of the commanders. Look yeah. Matthew, I mean, like, what do I... St- stop it. Yeah. I'm like... I'm so... That's a great thumbnail for the show. We can so save that one. Yeah, Connor, look at me. Yes, <laughs> begging Please bail me out. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah, I don't panic on this show. Anyway, <laughs> it's waiver wire day. America, I panic. This show, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's, that's, that's happy. We're in a bar, dude. You're wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. We're in a bar. Yeah, we're talking about fake football. Come on. T-shirt look, Matthew. Very I appreciate barish. that. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank yeah, you very much. Again, shout out to Stephanie in wardrobe. That's right. This is all her. Waiver Wire Day, we'll somehow have some takeaways from whatever Monday Night Football was. I promise we'll get there. Our Back to the Futures, because it's Tuesday, and 
Pete, who we like to call the... Producer Pete, backup yeah. producer. He's the Trevor Simeon of the producers. That's, That's fair. fair. Third on the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. The Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Trevor Simeon producing the show. Shout out to Pete. But first, Roto World Player News because we got some big stuff off the top. For all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. And the news we got right before the show, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor has a thumb injury. His status is in doubt going forward. So it could be the Zach that, Moss show again, guys. That's per NFL Network. That's yeah, Ian, Ian Rappaport. Rappaport. Yeah, Reporting um, that. So Taylor we'll see how that plays in, out. Taylor had this in the second half and played through it. He finished the game. But obviously something that is really concerning now. Well, and it didn't say – it. did it say his right hand, his right thumb, or it just said thumb sure got, injury? Just, I mean, because that's – I know that seems sort of dumb, but that's actually really important because if you have – if it's your right thumb, which is he's a right-handed – I believe he's right-handed. Yeah, holding the ball. He, he carries the ball. It's hard to carry a ball with only four fingers. That's one of the reasons why I'm not an NFL running back. I only have four fingers. This is a prosthetic thumb. The the other thing uh, yes. is is that but like if it was his left hand, here you see him in his he's carrying it with his left hand. So maybe I you know watching video right here, we have NFL footage which is very nice uh, for our show. It's hard to I don't know. I mean, again, he might be able to play through it, but the 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 rap sheet tweet makes it sound like he could miss significant time. They do play. Um, they do play this week at Tennessee. So a really important matchup in the division for the Colts, who are chasing that playoff spot. Yeah, and so Zach Moss now. Be, I mean, he should be rostered everywhere. Absolutely, yes. he should be started everywhere. So it's really a top ten option each week if he's going to be the guy between what is behind what is a really improved offensive line in India, and they don't want to put the ball in Gardner Minshew's hands. And so it's a shame for Taylor, who's coming off his best game of the season, finally really looked like Jonathan Taylor of 2021 again. But if he's to miss time, Moss is about as good a backup option as there's been. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to panic, panic just yet. Again. It's a show. I never yeah, panic. You panic. But, well, no, but, like, honestly, like, again, we don't know the severity of the injury. We don't know if he's going to be able to play through it. But it is, as you head into waivers tonight, it's probably going to be towards the end of the week before we find out more news. Hopefully we get more news on this before, um, before tonight. But on the chance that we don't, to your point, Zach Moss is available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. I think a lot of people dropped him after the last couple of weeks when Jonathan Taylor was clear that he'd sort of taken over the backfield. But in the... In all the games that Jonathan Taylor missed this season, Zach Moss averaged over 17 fantasy points per game. He averaged 24 touches per game. The last time he played Tennessee, that was week five, no Jonathan Taylor. uh, Or Jonathan Taylor just got like a, you know, just whatever, played only a handful of snaps. Zach Moss, 25 for 195 and two touchdowns against the Titans. In fact, even uh, before Taylor came back, he was averaging over 107 yards from scrimmage. You see it there on your screen in terms of the production he was having in the games and that he started this year for the Indianapolis Colts. And honestly, guys, even if um, Taylor can play, but if he's limited by the thumb, if they don't want him to play significant, you know, like... Passing downs. Passing, right, exactly. Passing downs. Like, could if Zach Moss... Because we saw there was a stretch there where both guys were active and Zach Moss had, you know, high-end flex, low-end RB2 value. So I think... Zach Moss, absolutely, to your point, Jay, becomes a priority on the waiver wire tonight if he was dropped in your league. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that just with these injuries, you just never know. Like, Miles Garrett on the weekend said he heard a pop in his shoulder. His arm was in a sling. He couldn't get dressed by himself. I would have said that it was minus 800 that he was out for multiple weeks. He's fine. He's sore, and he's going to play this weekend. So you just don't know sometimes. So maybe Taylor will just be fine, and we'll just play and play limited, or they'll be able to mitigate the issue with his thumb. But regardless, in terms of an action, the only action is to get Zach Moss if you can somehow, uh, and start him if you do. 
It is a weird thing because, and I'm trying to think of an example and nothing's coming to mind right now, but there, there are also times like the opposite of that. It's yeah. where just like, you know, somebody gets up for the game, yeah, I got a little nicked up, I think Derek I'm fine. Derek Henry in 2021, when he fractured his foot against the Colts, he played through the second half, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm just a bit banged up. Oh no, my foot is broken. I'm done. So it, it is. Yeah. I felt like Austin Eckler at the beginning of the year, it didn't seem like that was a major injury. He was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm a little, and then he missed like a month. Right. Yeah. And still doesn't look right, honestly. No, honestly, he does not. So, I mean, yeah, it, you just you never know until they sort of get in and they look at it and everything like that. I mean, didn't Daniel Jones finish the game with a torn ACL this no, year? No, I think he, I think he came he came out. He played one more snap. He played one more no. snap, and then it really still. Phil down. Rivers played in the AFC title game with a torn <laughs> yes, ACL. Yes. Terrell Owens in the Super yeah, Bowl, like yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, you just never know what these guys anyway, can do with their bodies. So yeah, but anyway, it's um. Uh, none of it's uh, none of it's ideal, and so uh, yes, that becomes very important uh, tonight for Zach Moss. Um, again, who, and by the way, we're going to talk about this because we have the, there's a bunch of teams on by. Yeah, right? let's so, jump into the rest yeah. of the running back waivers for waiver wired, and, and we'll start right there with those notable running backs on the buy in week 13, like you said, Matthew, with Baltimore, Gus Edwards, and Keaton Mitchell, Buffalo, James Cook, Chicago, Khalil Herbert, and Deontay Foreman. With Vegas, of course, Josh Jacobs, Minnesota, Alexander Madison, and if you're hoping for more for Ty Chandler, and with the Giants, Saquon Barkley. So a lot of big names on the list on the bye in Week 13. Yeah, especially Jacobs, Barkley, and Cook. I think they were starting in most leagues. Gus Edwards, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, prior to last week, I mean, Gus Edwards has been starting in, in most leagues as well. So you might need a running back. And one of the other things we're going to talk about is, honestly, like, we'll talk about some of the guys available, but... There ain't much out there. No. Like it's there's not like an obvious guy where you're like go. So Zach Moss. And so one of the things we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about important insurance running backs. And Zach Moss. Just again, whether he plays this week a full complement of snaps, half the thing, or Taylor's going to play through the injury and he's going to uh, get the majority of work. The fact is, it just goes to underscore the importance of as we head towards the playoffs of your roster construction, uh, protecting your star running backs and having those insurance running backs when guys go down. Because it's, it's always weird. You just you never know. You never know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And two okay. quick we mentions. We thought Taylor was fine yesterday. Yep. I mean, there's more attrition at that position yeah. than any in U.S. sports. Yeah. Two quick mentions for us here, because they don't meet our threshold of availability. They're both 38% available. Keaton Mitchell on the Ravens. We talked about how he has the buy. He's somehow out there in your league. Very important name to keep an eye on. Good chance he's not. And Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard against the Bucks this weekend. 38% available because of all the change on this coaching staff now, Barry. So not only has Frank Reich been fired by the Carolina Panthers, but also uh, uh, also uh, Deuce Staley, their running yeah, back and coach. And Josh here. McCown. Yeah, and Josh McCown. So, I mean, like, again, we just talked about variants. And so whether it's, you know, uh, uh, Chuba Hubbard, it's at some points during the season, it's been the Chuba Hubbard show, and at other points, it's been a, co- a committee between him and Miles Sanders. But the fact is, is that he's been by far the most effective running back of the two of them. Clearly, the team is not happy, understandably so, of how that offense is going, um, you know, in, in Carolina. And, and so, for me, you know, this is just <clears throat> this is somebody that I think is uh, there's, because there's variance in the coaching game. Uh, as well, and the in the regime that you could see a scenario where Hubbard 
ends up becoming the, the starting running back here. Yep. Because they've got to get something going, and he's, again, like he had 92 total yards in Week 12, he, and he got into the end zone. He, he's just looked much better than Miles Sanders this year. Yep. And just quickly on Keaton Mitchell, this is a strange thing to say, but I think Baltimore's replacement for Mark Andrews, in a way, is going to be Keaton Mitchell because they need to find more ways to juice their offense. They've not looked great on offense recently. They've been struggling against the Chargers' defense. is not very good. They didn't really move the ball that well. Mitchell just gives them a spark. He gives them an extra dimension. I really think it's going to be Mitchell, Zay Flowers, and Odell, and those are the three guys his offense will run through. Well, you saw the manufactured touches for Zay Flowers. We didn't really get into that game that much yesterday. We had a lot to cover. But, yes, 46% of the snaps in Week 12, he overtook that backfield. And that was a game in which it was close. It's not like the Ravens were in pass-happy, we've got to come back mode, so you would think where Mitchell would be out there. Like, it seems like... You know, they're really starting to trust the young man. And to your point, he gives them an element of speed and big playability. I'm not really to bail on Gus Edwards, you know. Um, they should have given him the, the goal line carry. He didn't get it down there. But, uh, but yeah, Gus Edwards, again, becomes very touched. He's a touchdown-dependent uh, running back who isn't involved in the passing game. That's going to be Keaton Mitchell. So he's somebody we've talked about a lot on the show over the last month. But still out there in almost 40% of leagues. They're on a bye this week, but... Worth picking up if he is out there and you don't have an immediate need this week. There's a good chance those guys aren't available, so we'll move to someone who most likely is, and that's Dolphins running back Jeff Wilson Jr. against the Commanders, 83% available. Wilson had a really good game against the Jets in Week 12. 11 carries, 56 yards, 3 catches, 17 yards. Just looked good, Matthew. I think that was the takeaway. We don't know the status of Devon Achan right now. That's right. another thing to keep in mind here going <clears throat> forward. A lot, a lot of different uh, moving parts here, yeah. And so there's a chance that Wilson goes back to being third string if Achan is active. We don't know what the status is. But in a game in which I think the Miami Dolphins honestly crush my commanders, you know, my, I mean, seriously, like they're just – it's just – it's two different offenses. It's just two different teams, right? Yes. I mean, like the commanders are uh, – commanders are, are not good. Um, and the Dolphins are a very good offense, and so could you see a scenario where Wilson's getting some work in the second half? Again, if A-Chan's out and you're telling me here's a guy that's going to get double-digit touches against the Commanders, I'm in, right? And, but if A-Chan plays, there's still a chance that Wilson, given his injury history, we've seen A-Chan come back and have to leave early. I agree with you. I thought Wilson looked like the more explosive back compared to Mostert. Mostert got into the end zone twice, so you're, you were fine with it, but... As somebody who has a lot of Mostert and doesn't have a lot of Jeff Folson in leagues, I watched that game. I was like, oh, hmm. I hope McDaniel isn't paying attention. Because, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, Fresh real talk. Legs. Real talk. Wilson looked looked like the more explosive back. Fresher at this point in the season, which, you know, stands to reason. I think the key as well is their upcoming schedule. So you mentioned the commanders. They're nine and a half point favorites there. That's going to close double digits, that line. Then the week after, they're home to the Titans, who don't have the run defense of years past. And the Dolphins are going to be... 12.5, 13-point favorites, home to Tennessee in that game with how Will Levis has looked. And they get home to the Jets again, who they were able to run on. So it's a very favorable upcoming three weeks. He is dependent on uh, A-Chan being out or Mostert. The thing with Mostert is well, Mostert always gets hurt. Like they do, They're not going to run Mostert into the ground these last few weeks because this team is going to the playoffs. Yeah, Mike McDaniel's been with Mostert side yeah, by side. He knows. From, he knows the deal of how to really yeah. walk the fine and, line. And in a game Mostert. in which we think the Dolphins are basically going to be double-digit favorites, like, could you see Mostert getting, you know, some rest in the second half and yep. Wilson getting some more run as they try to get him up to speed to get that depth in the running back room going. So anyway, Jeff Wilson Jr. out there in, you know, 83% of leagues. Definitely worth, you know, 
a spot start this week if you're desperate. Let's take a look at Barry's priority insurance running backs here. We got Rico Dowdle, Tajay Spears, Elijah Mitchell, Kenneth Gainwell, Samaje P. Ryan, Ty Chandler, Dearness Johnson, Royce Freeman, Joshua Kelly, and Roshan Johnson. Now, Jay, we know these are true insurance running backs in case of injury to the guy in front. But out of all of these, who do you think is the viable desperation play this week, if any? It's not great, is it? No, it's, it's not a very great list. It feels like reason. this kind of segment is sponsored by Rico Dowdle these days. He's the definitional player. I think the guy who has the most upside is Roshan Johnson, and we'll see what happens with the Bears and their running back situation dealing with some injuries. But I just think the combination of his talent, their youth, his potential to be a three-down guy, Roshan is the one who's most interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, they're, the only issue is the Bears are on a bye this week. But we want to mention him, and we're going to talk about that game coming up and just how brutal. But it did seem like, I mean, they use Roshan a lot more than Khalil Herbert. Herbert last night, I mean, they dropped back to pass a ton, so maybe that's part of it. They, they trust Johnson more in the passing game, and we'll see what happens when Foreman comes back. But to your point, like this is somebody that had nice draft capital, and we talked about the yeah, fact that in any college where he didn't have to play behind Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson is a star in college. So um, that's somebody who I think is interesting, but again, probably not available this week. Um, if I had to pick somebody for like this week, you know, Dowdle is, is is somebody – Cowboys are averaging almost 30 running back touches a game, so Dowdle's been starting to get uh, some work as well. And I'll just say, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who's always a threat to fall into the end zone. They just – they don't have a lot of answers in New England, so maybe they go run heavy. Zeke has gotten double-digit touches each of the last two weeks. I know he didn't score against the Giants. It was Ramondre, and it's going to be a low-scoring uh, low game. But still, just, you know – in a, in a week in which you're, you're truly desperate, there aren't like kind of obvious guys to go pick up, you know, Zeke's going to get double-digit touches and have a chance to fall into the end zone. And that's kind of what you're hoping for. It's just it's sort of desperation. The other guy I might mention might be Patrick Taylor. I know he didn't do anything at all on Thursday again, you know, for the Packers. Um, and we'll see what Aaron Jones, what happens with, uh, with Aaron Jones. But I just, I don't think A.J. Dillon's very good. He, just, he, look, he looks up. like he's banged yeah. up. He looks like he's mo- he's moving slow. Yeah. Um, and Fading so concrete. Taylor's the Taylor's the passing down back. And as that passing offense has been getting going under Jordan Love, I could maybe see some more run for Patrick Taylor this week. The other thing too if is Jones is out. The Packers. So they played the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, which is suddenly. NBC just keeps on pulling out these great games out of nowhere. Like, there was no... This game had no right to be compelling. Now, Jordan Love is apparently very good. Uh, Vikings-Broncos a week ago, yeah. that was supposed yeah. to be bad. Now, it's uh, it, it turned out to be good. So, uh, that's going to be a good one. And the Chiefs, they don't have a great rushing defense. That's how you attack them. And then after that, like, the Packers, who are fine. They're not a great team. But I think they're going to be favored in every single game the rest of the way. Like, they have a very easy schedule, so it will be favorable to their running backs. They might, they might sneak into I the playoffs. They, I think they're going to make the playoffs the after Minnesota the lost last night. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I think they're going to be the seventh seed. Atlanta has a losing record, and they could host the home playoff game. That would be great. Yeah, so Atlanta, Atlanta that. home to uh, home Atlanta. Dallas. Home yeah. to Dallas. They're going to be eight-point dogs at home yeah. in the playoff game. Yeah, to it's Dallas. It's the NFC. Let's move over to the NBC. wide receivers. On the waiver wire here, and like we did with running backs, we'll start with the notable wide receivers on the bye in Week 13. Of course, Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. for the Ravens, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis for the Bills, DJ Moore for Chicago. Over in Vegas, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who had a good resurgent week last week. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson still trying to get healthy. Now he has some extended time. Jordan Addison, who had a pretty tough Monday night football game, but still a guy that you would think you're starting in most cases anyway. No doubt. 
So yeah, I mean, the, a lot of big names that you uh, you're not going to be uh, without. We it's better news with the wide receivers. Oh yeah, big so difference. a lot more. And so again, like I think this week especially, you just you want to try to play the minimum amount of running backs that you can, and then you know you'll use a wide receiver at your flex. And it starts with a guy that it, well, we've also been talking about for a few weeks now, but that's J- Jaden Reed. Speaking yep. of the Packers and this resurgent offense, you, you mentioned the Chiefs game um, coming up. The Chiefs have struggled against the slot, which is where Jaden Reed is um, playing. And there's a little bit of Debo to Jaden Reed's game in terms of how they're using him. Not Creativity. saying that yeah. not in terms of you know using him in the backfield and in, in terms of uh, trying to get him in motion, trying to get the ball in his hands in a bunch of different ways. Had a had an almost 27% target share last week. He's now scored in three straight games since week seven. He's the 23rd best wide receiver in fantasy. And again, we all sort of think Jordan Love might be good. So Jordan Love on the season now, he ranks ninth among quarterbacks in EPA per dropback. He ranks higher than Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. So interested for your breakdown, Connor, because to me, just comparing his two games this season against the Lions, early season against the Lions, he was just a mess. Like everything was out of rhythm. And then in Detroit on Thanksgiving, he looks like an absolute monster. Do you think this is real and what's changed? Well, I think, number one, it's a young offense that guys are actually doing their job. You saw dysfunction yep. those weeks. Wide receivers running into each other, an offensive line that was trying to figure out the right combination with a ton of new faces, especially in Bakhtiari out again. So I think everything around him has gradually improved and gotten more steady. And this is a dude that's always had the talent. He's yep. got a big arm. He can extend plays. He looks more confident. Uh, the turnover-worthy plays went down. So everything's looking in the right direction for Jordan Love. But I also think Matt LaFleur's called a really, really good offense around him finally, too. And Christian Watson's health. Christian Watson was that's not that's even that's in play helping. for yeah. a long time. Watson, I mean... And the I run guess. game has struggled, so they've had to go to the air. Right. Yeah. Watson is the key to me. And Love has obviously made great strides, and I agree with everything he said. But the fact that Watson... Watson was a monster down the end of the stretch, at the end of the stretch last season. Like, Rogers. He was Rogers' guy. Rogers trusted him more than anyone else in that offense, and now it seems like he is back, uh, and he had his best game of the season against Detroit. He's the guy that can go up and make a play for the yeah. quarterback, and without him, they didn't have anyone in the offense no. that would do that for Jordan Love. So to me, that's the big difference right now, but it is great to have Jaden Reed out there having success as well. And available in 52% of that's Yahoo right. League, so he makes our threshold. Next one is, you know, we go from an emerging offense to um, – a stinky one. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is another guy we've talked about a decent amount, Pop Douglas, Demario Douglas, is the lead wide receiver of the New England Patriots. We saw some Devontae Parker as well last week. But Demario Douglas now has four straight games with at least five receptions. Since week seven, he's got a 23.5% target share. And you like this matchup against the Chargers this week that have allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. We expect them, whoever's quarterback for uh, the Patriots, to have to throw and when they throw, they're likely going to throw to Demario Douglas, who's out there in 64% of leagues. Yeah, and I think this with the Chargers as well. Their non-Asante Samuel corners have been dreadful. So yeah. any matchup he sees that isn't him, I mean, the question is, Jay, is whoever's under center enough to get it done for Douglas, or does he just get the volume that it might not matter? I think the thing with Douglas, and it is relatively uninspiring because you don't want a piece of this New England offense, but he is a wide receiver one on an NFL offense that is going to be losing a lot of the time and has to throw. So even if they're running whatever the hell the Bears were running last night with their screen (laughs) offense, even if you're running that, he's still going to get receptions. So particularly in, in PPR, I think he'll have some value. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, like, in a game in which they couldn't, score against the Giants. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like, he still went, he went six for 49. 
you got you 10.9 fantasy points in a PPR format. And, like, is that great? No, but, like, that's usable. That's usable, again, in a, in a week in which there are six teams on a bye and there's not a lot out there on the waiver wire. I think you could do worse than Demario Douglas. And let's be honest, you probably have. Our next one, Curtis Samuel, 72% available. He's got the Dolphins, then a bye week. Week 12 against the Cowboys, 12 targets, 9 catches, 100 yards here for Curtis Samuel, who's been involved in this pass-happy offense this year. Yeah, uh, uh, right, and it's, it's one of the reasons why he did well against uh, the Cowboys is where they struggle against the slot. They are being creative in how they're using Curtis Samuel. This matchup against the Dolphins, it should face a similar game script, right? So you've got, you've got a, an offense that's going to score a lot of points against Washington. There'll be a negative game script. They'll be throwing, and they'll be throwing against a team that struggles in slot coverage. Dolphins allow the eighth most receptions per game to the slot. And so Curtis Samuel, who is a talented player, he's good after the catch. And again, I mean, Howell's throwing it 40, 50 times a game. He has to. Like, they're just not running the ball effectively as well. 12 targets in Week 12 when they were in crazy comeback mode against the Cowboys. And so when he sees at least 55% of the snaps this season, I expect him to do that on uh, Sunday against the Dolphins. He's averaging over 12 fantasy points per game. So. Yep. The thing with Samuel is his usage is just all over the place. Like some yeah. weeks he's just non-existent, and then last week he's wide receiver the one on Thanksgiving. And I think the key thing with him is he is one of the most match-up dependent players in the league because if you are playing a team that has a bad slot corner and good outside corners, then they just go to him a ton. If you're playing a team that plays a ton of man coverage, then they go to him a ton disproportionately. So Miami's a bit of an awkward one because uh, they play a lot of zone coverage as opposed to man, but they're not great from the slot because you've got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on the outside. Yep. I think the to me, the tiebreaker is the fact that they're going to be double-digit underdogs and they're just going to have to throw. So you'd think Samuel would be out there a lot, especially after last week. Again, and we're not talking about superstars or guys that are going to make the love list. We're, just, we're talking about, hey, find me somebody on the waiver wire that could be usable this yeah, give week. give me nine points. A viable yeah. flex. A viable yeah. flex this week. That's what we're doing here. Well, speaking of that, Jonathan Mingo of the Panthers, available in 95% of leagues. At the Bucks this week, in Week 12 against the Titans, he had four catches for 60 yards. We talked about the dysfunction of this Carolina coaching staff right now. Thomas Brown will take over the play calling again after Frank Reich was fired. The thing is, as much as Mingo has had some volume, it has nothing has been smooth in this offense, no. including him. I think I've bet the over on Mingo. Mingo every week is set at like 29 and a half receiving yards. And each week I'm like, this guy's playing every snap. And he's the starting wide receiver on an NFL team. He can't be set that low. And I think I was 2-7 and seven betting that. And I was like, <laughs> so coming into this week, I'm like, oh, I'm done with Mingo. And then he goes for 60 yards and catches the over, of course. But, I mean, he is out there. And there is, to your point earlier, there's more variance with the new coaching uh, around him. But just came for your thoughts, Connor. Like, Bryce Young, do you think Bryce Young is getting better? Because it feels like he's getting worse. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's losing. Because you've got to realize, you come from Alabama, where you're a dominant player across college football for two years, and everything's great around you, including yourself. So when you come into summer, you still have that confidence. Now you've been battered. Nothing's gone right for you. You're probably thinking, I just got everybody here fired. You start to lose that confidence. So, yeah, I think he has gotten worse, but everything around him has gotten worse. And Mingo right. was not a true wide receiver in college. He was a gadgety yeah. Ole Miss player. Lane Kiffin got him a lot of weird scripted plays. He was great at that. Now he goes to the Panthers, and it's like, you got to be our number two. Good luck out there. So it's, it's a mess. There's no way around it. Six targets in three straight games for Mingo. It's a good matchup against Tampa Bay, who allows the most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. And you said there's variance there. So we'll see. I, I think if, yes, I, I think if you are Bryce Young, given, every, given, given all the givens, like he's not immune to the criticism. He's, he's not you know, unaware of it, I'm sure. And then you also, again, just the success of C.J. Stroud. Just I, 
you know, again, that's not his fault. You know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, is that both guys went to rebuilding programs. They were one, two in the draft. And C.J. Stroud is balling out, and the Texans are on the verge of making the playoffs, and the Panthers have won one game. Weirdly, against C.J. Stroud, yeah. but, like, yeah. Frank Reich, who is, like, this this kind, beloved quarterback whisperer, that's the kind of the, the knock on him, and now he's been fired. And so, um, you know, yes, I, I would think if you were Bryce Young. David Tapper gave an amazing press conference, I think, this morning, maybe yeah. yesterday, where he was basically like, look, Frank Reich and Bryce Young – that was my decision. The buck stops with me. It's like, Bryce Young's still on your team. Yeah. Like, he's still the number one pick. You've got to. Like, it was long winded. Yeah. Was... And he, he couched it. He's like, we still believe in Bryce. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you're pretty clearly like, why are, you, why are you talking about CJ Stroud? Just don't say CJ Stroud's name because it's just right. the connotations for that team. I'm going to tell you. And so I'm glad you brought up David Tepper because I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. You have no idea. And I'll tell you why. So I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday. But uh, Dan Snyder was trending on Twitter. This is true, on X, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, what? so I'm clicking on it. And you know why he was trending? Because people are people were comparing him to David Tepper. They're like, oh, the new Dan Snyder is David Tepper. Like, he's screwing up the franchise, you know, the way that Snyder did. And so, oh, we now have a new Dan Snyder. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. How dare you? And I want to go, go wide on me right here. How dare you, Carolina Panthers, and the fan base that anyone else dared to put David Tepper and Dan Snyder's name in the same sentence? I get it. Tepper is meddling too much. But, oh, oh so you, he, he's, he's got a first-year head coach. He fired coaches back-to-back for a commander. That's a Tuesday. Do you understand? Like, like David Tepper hasn't gotten anywhere near Dan Snyder. No. Let me know when the DA, DEA <laughs> raids your locker room. Let me know when the Panthers can't shower after the yeah. game. Let me know when Beth Wilkinson and Mary Jo White do investigations. Yeah. Let me know when David Tepper has to pay $1.6 million to a team employee for some reason, right, you know, to sign an NDA. Let me know when there are 45 former female employees of the Carolina Panthers that all are under NDA for some reason. Let me know when David Tepper has been credibly accused of sexual harassment by a team marketing executive. Let me know when he's been when when David Tepper has to testify to Congress. Let me know. Let me know, okay, when David Tepper is sued by not one, not two, but three different states. Let me know. Let me know when, um, uh, when, when David Tepper decides to ha- honor the greatest player in uh, Carolina Panthers history and puts up a dime store mannequin as, as a statue to that player and then names a street after that player in front of a bunch of porta-potties in the, uh, in the, in, in the, in the parking lot. Let me know. Let me know when, uh, when, when, when David Tepper says, I'm never changing the name of the team and then has to change the name of the team uh, a, a year later. Let me know when David Tepper is accused of spying on the cheerleaders and getting naked <laughs> photos of them and then pipping them out to the team yeah. sponsors. Oh, Let me know when boy. David Tepper is accused of that, oh, okay? Boy. And when that happens, when all of that happens, then you can compare David Tepper to Dan Snyder. But until that point, do not take away the worst owner in professional sports history from Commanders fans because we had to live that hell for 20 years. And you, Panthers fans, all you've had is a couple of tough years. Oh, That's boy. it. That's it. Yes, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was so offended. Stand. Good. Good by you, Matthew. One of your better moments on the show. And you, that's why. Uh, and by the way, that's why Commanders fans drink free today. That's why Commanders fans <laughs> drink free. Because they try to take our pain. <laughs> yeah. All these Panthers fans bitching about David Tepper. Stop it.
Whatever. Yeah. He made one bad draft pick. Yep. He made one draft bad. We had Marty Schottenheimer, who won eight games with Tony Effen Banks, <laughs> and, the narrative, and then he gets rid of Marty for Steve Spurrier. Oh, my God. Let me know when David Tepper signs Albert Hainsworth to a $100 million deal. Hainsworth, yeah. Yeah. Let me – listen, you say what you want. At least Scott Fitterer. Scott Fitterer knows what he's doing. Scott Fitterer <laughs> is a real general manager who's respected in the NFL. He's having a GM with one hand tied behind the back. But Scott Fitterer is a real GM who knows what he's doing, had a ton of success at Seattle. Uh, like, we, we had 10 years of Bruce Allen – who, whose only qualification after, was clear, the worst general manager in sports history, but he was golfing and drinking buddies with Snyder when he wasn't sending, you know, racist emails. I just, I mean, just... It's actually 1.04 p.m. show ended yeah. four minutes. We've been off Peacock so. for a couple of minutes. Fine. Yeah. You That's didn't even fine. get to mix in the sewage flying from the sky yeah. of the stadium. It reminds me of um, when Bane tells Christian Bale that you, were me- you merely adopted the dark. Yes. Earth. You were born in it. You oh, were molded, we were molded by, it. by yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. A thousand percent. <laughs> Molded by that. <laughs> David Tepper. You guys David complaining Tepper. about David Tepper. It's not even close. Oh, so it's p- not even close. So, I, by the way, yeah. and there's like... like or, you or know, Jonathan Mingo. Mem- yeah. As far as, I know the, as far as I know, the Panthers stadium, like, you know, like sewage doesn't rain down on no, the Panthers no, fans. No, no. From the sky. From the sky. I mean, like, there's like there's Poop a million water. other things that I could talk about. Like, no one's accused David Tepper of, of financial impropriety and stealing no. money from other owners no, and or from yeah, season ticket holders. And <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Well done. Right. How do we go from that to A.T. Perry? A.T. Perry. <laughs> yeah. Next up on the waiver wire, Saints wide receiver, lurky wide receiver. He's available in 97% of leagues. Listen, with A.T. Perry, you're probably wondering, why the heck would I pick up a guy that had two targets, one catch, seven yards in Week 12? Well, Chris Olave left the game with a concussion. Rashid Shahid is dealing with a quad injury, reportedly unlikely to play this week. They have the Lions defense that – I'm going to give him a little break here, Jay. Uh, the Lions defense that's been vulnerable. So, A.T. Perry, you probably don't know what you're getting, but the fact is he has to be out on the field. Well, it's like the Pop Douglas thing, where he's, right. he's wide receiver one somehow, I think, for an NFL team particularly. So it seems like Shade Shade is not going to play. He's unlikely. Chris Olave will see with the concussion. I think rare. about one in five players come back the next week from yeah, a concussion. It's very so rare. I would expect that he doesn't go, particularly as he dealt with concussion last year too. So I think that it'll probably be A.T. Perry wide receiver one against this Detroit Lions defense, which is a mess right now. So he's probably flex viable, which is a strange thing to say out loud. He's He's played 80% of the snaps, basically, each of the last two weeks. So, yeah, yeah we like A.T. Perry. Our last one here, Greg Dortch. Mm. Greg Dortch back on the, the waiver. human Dortch, That's going to good to have the Greg back. Dortch back. 98% available. He's against the Steelers. Only three catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown, but nine targets. Michael Wilson has missed the last two games. When Michael Wilson's healthy, it'll be interesting to see how this changes for the human. And Hollywood Dortch. Brown isn't, isn't, isn't you know, um, doesn't feel like he's 100% either, but 17 targets the past two weeks as well. He's averaging double-digit fantasy points. We like the human Dorch here. And it does seem like as Kyler Murray gets back in its speed, he doesn't feel like Kyler Murray wants to, whether it's because he doesn't have Michael Wilson, because Hollywood Brown is banged up or they're just paying more attention to him. But it does feel like, as you watch these games, there's more and more line of scrimmage stuff, short stuff, yeah. than there is taking a bunch of deep shots as well. So, um, yeah, in deeper leagues, especially if Wilson misses time again this weekend, the human Dorch back again. Let's recap Barry's Week 13 top wide receiver waiver targets. We started with Jaden Reed, who's available in 52% of leagues. He's been heavily involved in the Packers offense that's had some success in recent weeks with Jordan Love improving. Pop Douglas, available in 64% of leagues with Curtis Samuel. 
He's been up and down for Washington, but you catch him on a good week and you could have a very viable wide receiver there in your lineup. Jonathan Mingo and A.T. Perry available in majority of leagues, and the same can be said for Greg Dortch. With, with that, let's move over to the tight ends here. And a quick mention on Ravens tight end, Isaiah Likely, who's filling in. Of course, for Mark Andrews, yes, Baltimore is on the bye. Likely is available in 48% of leagues. And listen, four catches, 40 yards against the Chargers in Week 12. He had the six targets. We know how much of a barren wasteland the position can be, Matthew. And likely when Andrews is out is a viable... Uh, you know, kind of streaming tight end at, at most. Yeah, I mean, they were looking for him often on Sunday night, which was nice. Again, the whole Ravens offense just struggled, but it was nice to see Likely uh, getting um, getting a decent amount of the targets in a game in which they didn't throw that much. He did have a 20% target share. didn't really show up in the box score, but yes, given the position, given the role that, um, that Andrews has in that offense, we talked about wanting to replace him with Flowers and, you know, and, and, and Mitchell and OBJ, but Likely is a tight end and, like, again, you know, He's he's uh, he's certainly he would be my number one if you didn't need a tight end this week and he's still out there in over fifty percent of leagues again they're on a buy this week but I would say this like Pat Fryermuth welcome back yes still you know he's he's probably the number one waiver pickup across across all positions this week yeah because he's he's actually viable he's a top ten guy at the and it's not just a bye week filling. I expect this to be the uh, case for the rest of the season. 34% target share. You saw the 11 targets against the Bengals. He was targeted on almost 50% of his routes. And part of it, listen, the Bengals really struggle against, well, everything, but specifically tight ends. Like, yes. So they took advantage of that. But, like, we talked about this. Pickett looked better. Fryermuth looked like the guy he was drafted to be, not the guy we've seen at the beginning of the season. And you like this matchup against the Cardinals as over the last four weeks, Arizona, a bottom 10 defense in terms of most fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. He's my number one pickup overall this week if you need somebody to play the rest of the season given how bad tight end is. Yep. And in our show league, some people built their teams around Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey. I built mine around Pat Frymuth, uh, so I was very <laughs> happy to see him. And Najee Harris. Harris. And Najee Harris. Unfortunately, I bench Pat Frymuth this week for Jake Ferguson, but he will be very much in my lineup this coming week. He's had 60-plus receptions each of the first two seasons. He's a well, he's end of the second round pick, uh, and he had seven touchdowns his first. Like he's got talent, yes. and a picket in this new offense. And here's the thing: is like you might think, all right, the Bengals have a terrible defense. This isn't real. The Steelers have an incredibly easy schedule. They play terrible defenses the rest of the way too. So I think that uh, Frymuth is the thing. Once nicknamed yeah. Baby Gronk. Pat Fryermuth. Once Nick back in his college days. Same, same. Yeah, <laughs> same. makes sense. Our yeah, next I one, Cade Otten, Bucks tight end. Cade Otten. He's got the Panthers. He's available in seventy-one percent of leagues. Week twelve against the Colts. Four targets, four catches, forty-five yards. And I mean, when you look at this, Matthew, once again with the bye weeks, you might be a little desperate, and Otten might bring you consistency if he can get you eight or nine points. And that's what it is: forty-five receptions in three of the past four, four more receptions in five of the past six. Baker's using him. It's a very narrow target tree in Tampa Bay. It's Evans, it's Godwin, it's Rashad White out of the backfield, and now Kate Otten starting to get involved. They play the Panthers this week, and then at Atlanta, so uh, at Green Bay, Jacksonville, some nice defenses in there, but nothing that totally scare. Totally scares you, but you're right. He is, uh, if you need nine points from your tight end, that's KDOT. Jay, our next one, Gerald Everett, the key with him is, besides being available in almost 80% of leagues, he's caught three touchdowns in the last five games for the Chargers. Yep, just another touchdown-dependent tight end, but he did play his most stat percentage since week six. There's just not many other people on no. this offense right now in the passing game, so by that, I think you can do worse than Gerald Everett. 
Jawan Johnson of the Saints, he's available in 91% of leagues. We talked about how the Lions' defense has struggled. That's what's on tap for the Saints. We also talked about the injuries to Alave and Shahid here, Matthew. Maybe a bump in snaps and targets for Jawan Johnson. He got seven targets in Week 12. It's a nice matchup with the Lions, who have allowed five touchdowns to tight ends. Tied for sixth most in the NFL, Jawan Johnson, TikTok star and potentially fantasy savior in Week 13. Savior being used in quotes, like usable. Our last tight end, Jay, Chig Akonkwo against the Colts, available in 74% of leagues. Only four catches for 45 yards, but kind of fits that Cade Otten mold of can you get eight or nine points from him. Yeah, and 45 yards, unfortunately, was a season high for Chig Akonkwo. Now, he's been close to bigger plays. He's just kind of gone through the hands, and a lot of it's been on him. But I do think there is some upside against an indie secondary that doesn't really scare you. Their Colts are bottom ten in terms of both receptions and yards allowed to opposing tight ends. And so, right, similar to Cade Otten, like he's nine points with a shot at a touchdown and that's you know sometimes when you're swimming in these brutal tight end waters that's all you can hope for all right we move over to quarterbacks on your waivers and we start with baker mayfield who's had a lot to say after this weekend and most notably he talked about playing through an ankle injury here's baker Mayfield. he's been banged up at first it it didn't feel very good then it kind of eased up as the game went on but uh, yeah once the adrenaline went down it's there. You're rolling out and everything on it, too. Yeah. Um, adrenaline and it's a hell of a drug. Baker Mayfield on, you know, not really making excuses or anything right there. He's available in only 48% of leagues, and Todd Bowles also commented on Baker's status that he has a sore ankle. We'll see how he's feeling during the week, but the MRI came out negative, so that's a good thing. It is. He's a gamer. Yeah, he's Baker play. Mayfield's a gamer, and I will tell you, I've interviewed the guy, like, you, if you met him, you'd like him. If you met him, like he's a, like I know the press likes to beat him up sometimes, but I, I think his teammates like him as well. He's had multiple touchdown passes in four of the past five games. Fantasy managers starting to like him as well. Panthers bottom three in the NFL in terms of pressure rate this season should be a clean pocket for maybe a less than mobile uh, Baker Mayfield. He's available in about forty eight percent of leagues, so just right there on the cusp. But um, you know, if you need a tight end, he'd be my favorite streamer this week as well. I noticed this, Jay. When Connor throws the sound, so you can't see this for people that are watching, but we have a TV underneath the camera that's looking at us. And so we will watch back what you guys see so that we know like when we should talk. And Connor does this thing where he sort of leans forward into sound. And that's what he did yep. yesterday. He's like he, he was doing his thing and he started leaning ah, forward. And you're like, lean. yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of a lean. Yes. And so that actually got banned when, uh, along with when Kenny Pickett did the fake slide. That was also you banned. Can't, no yeah, leaning? You can't do that. Yeah, All right, I'll, I'll cut it yeah. out. Yeah, I, I'm guilty at this yeah. point. There's yeah. no there's yeah. no hope for me being innocent on this yeah. one. So, Don't know why. So I would say that like Baker Mayfield would be my guy if you just need somebody this week. But if I'm looking rest of the season, I think Jordan Love. Yes. Who's, who's had three straight games and multiple touchdown passes, back-to-back games with 20 more fantasy points. And he's getting you some points with his legs, That's Jay, as well. Yes, oh, yeah. he is. And he's, he's quarterback nine on the season. And he's getting better and better. And he's got an easy schedule the rest of the way. So I think he is potentially just a, a top ten guy going forward. Kenny Pickett, I don't think, is a top-ten guy going forward, but he does have a favorable schedule, uh, and he clearly looks a lot better in this new offense. And then Derek Carr, uh, I can't get too excited about Derek Carr, Matthew, not with all his weapons gone, but he does have a favorable matchup. And he has he's thrown for 300 yards in four of the past five full games. Detroit allows a touchdown pass at the second-highest rate over the last month as well, so in a game in which they're likely trailing and a bit of a shootout, you know, maybe it's some dump-offs to Alvin Kamara that he runs into the end zone. 
if you need fourth a, on that list for if, a reason. If you need a defense to stream, take a look at the Jaguars against the Bengals, which will be led by Jake Browning. Again, available in 67% of leagues. The Falcons against the Tim Boyle-led Jets, 90% available. And the Chargers defense, don't laugh, they have whoever is playing quarterback for the Patriots, 84% available. And if you need to pick somebody up that we talked about today, you probably have to make a tough decision with the droppables. Here's some droppable players, some close calls, Josh Dobbs, Geno Smith at running back, Khalil Herbert, Damian Pierce, Deontay Foreman. At wide receiver, Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, the injured Rashid Shaheed. And at tight end, Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. Yeah, let's see with Josh Dobbs, and we'll get into that after the break yeah. in that game. But, I, w- I mean, I would rather drop someone else just because he is QB 10 on the season. If he keeps his job, he's still viable, I think. All right, with that, we're going to take our first break. When we're back, you heard it from Jay, our Monday night football takeaways. What to do with Josh Dobbs. Justin Fields going forward. We'll be back after this. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today. For generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by nitsa first off can't fumble need a uh, better ball security on that and it's crazy because you know roshan i think he fumbled a player two before i fumbled on the first one so i'm like telling him yo ball security is the most important thing right now then two plays later i fumble at the end of the day when you ha- do have that opportunity at the end of the game everything before that like i said before is just just out the window so you have that's, that's all you have is, I forgot what the score was, but all I know is that we needed a field goal, and, you know, those two fumbles that I had, it was, it was over with. That was Justin Fields on getting done against the Vikings, and I wouldn't call it a thriller. Definitely a no. bit of a... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't thrilling. It was, no. the, it was the opposite of a thriller. Yes. Yeah. Just it was a, a snooze fest. Right. Yes. It was a, it was a, it was a. Thank God there's betting in fantasy. Yes. Otherwise, I'm bailing on this game because I was ugly. only watching at the end because one, I talk about it on this show, and then two, uh, the Justin Fields passing yards prop needed this final and throw of the there. game to we, get which, there. Yeah, oh, you yeah, you there. Because we and didn't have in, it in us. Yeah, exactly. In a game <laughs> in which everything else went wrong for the Vikings, they, Alexander Madison does cash the <laughs> over <amazing>. on his <laughs> on his rushing it prop. Good. And so, great yeah. tweet from Scott Fish. Do these teams realize children? Or watch it. Yeah, it was, it's even better because Scott and his family are Vikings fans, yes, I believe. They so are. this really, really hits home. Yeah, exactly. Right Congratulations, by the way, to me and Connor made second round of the Scott Fishbowl playoffs that came out this morning. Um, Scott Fish does a great job with the Scott Fishbowl every year. We, uh, we love Scott here on the show. Um, but no, I don't think they were aware that children were watching because otherwise they'd have put on something less pornographic than, um, <laughs> than what, what, what they I was called. I going to say horrifying, but pornographic, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. It, was, it was inappropriate. Yeah, it, it, was, was inappropriate. It, it was definitely inappropriate yes. what, what they de- described as football there. Um, 
And I want to, I think everyone wants to, and we'll talk, there's fantasy implications here, but everyone wants to bail on Dobby. Um, on the Dobby. Past, but, uh, yeah, Dobby. And he didn't play well. Bad day at the office. But also, the offensive line was constantly uh, under siege. Like, the, um, the, the Bears went from one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL when they got Montez Sweat to now, like, kind of league average. And he had himself a game last night. Really, Jalen Johnson as well was <laughs> awesome. And I think with Dobbs, to me it's not so much about, I mean, the interceptions. Look, I think jo- Jalen Johnson made an amazing play. Those tip balls. Uh, and, look, he clearly wasn't good. But to me the bigger problem is that they didn't score a touchdown until, they were, until so late in the game. They just could not move the ball at all. And Dobbs, look, I thought his throwing for the most part wasn't that I mean, that's bad. right on him. Yeah, but the issue is is that, and it's been the same issue all season for Dobbs, is that <coughs> he just doesn't feel pressure. He just does not feel pressure, and he was getting away with it his first couple of games, and now it's kind of caught up with him. But, to be fair, he was under siege, and the Bears' defense, I think, now has to be treated as somewhat of a real defense. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean like, Kevin O'Connell mentioned... In the uh, post-game press conference, I don't know what's going on with my voice. <laughs> it's the rant. You, mean you, to rant? you, you left yeah, it all. You go ahead. All right, yeah. I'll talk. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell. <clears throat> look, he's done a great job this season in putting Dobbs in a. The ghost of death. Might have been. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Oh look, no. I think O'Connell has done a great job this season <clears throat> at putting his guys in position to succeed. But clearly, they couldn't <clears throat> figure it out last night. I don't know why there weren't more designed rollouts for Dobbs. The one time they did that, and he just ran for six, seven yards. Like, why can't we do more of this? Right. And then also for me, and I always get hung up on this game management stuff at the end of games. Like, can we please not just run first down? second down and get into third and nine to try and ice 100%. the game. Like, here's the thing, is that the clock, the runs, all they do is make them call timeout. There's two minutes 30 left in the game and they just need a field goal. Like, the aim of the game here is not to run clock, it's to get first downs and end the game. And just running it into the line is not the way to do that. Correct, so, and it's weird, earlier in the game when they actually were running effectively, they would go away from it. Yes. Yeah, look, and I also think, I think the entire Vikings team had a bad day at the office. Jordan, I mean, again, some of the... Dobbs did not play well. The offensive line absolutely did not play well. The the wide receivers, Addison had some bad drops. You know, there was the one down at the, uh, there was that sideline throw that, you know, he was wide open and felt like definitely the, the throw was a little bit off, but felt like if, if uh, Addison had been more aware of where he was on the field that maybe he could have made the catch. You know, it was kept his feet He made no effort to lean out and catch it. I think he probably could have caught that, or at least he should have made an effort. Right. Kevin O'Connell, bad day at the office, as you mentioned, some of the late game management, and honestly should have challenged that first yeah. long play to Jordan Addison. That's a catch. You know, that that's a catch, and that's that's 50 yards, and by the way, I would have beaten Dan uh, Justice for Kickers, <laughs> Dev, in our show league. I lost to Dan. You, Yeah, you lost to <laughs> Dan. Ty Chandler had Three points. I needed six. Uh, you know, here's the uh, <clears throat> here's the play right here. It's you know, it's all piled up, but you know, on replays, it doesn't hit the ground, and he winds up in Jordan Addison's hands. That's four or five points right there. He finds, you know, ten targets, six for thirty-nine. I think, uh, as you see there, it, it actually never ends up hitting the ground and winds up in the possession of Jordan Addison. Never got, never gets challenged. Here's the other play that we were talking about. Again, he's just sort of a lazy route. That was a weird one. And he just, he he turns around. He doesn't have any situational awareness of where he is on the sidelines. Ball out of bounds would have been a big play there. And obviously put the Vikings in scoring position. The defense played really well, except the last drive, they couldn't get a stop when they needed one. Hard to pin that, that loss on the defense. Um, It's really on the offense, the whole team. But I think for fantasy, what we care about here is, Is is Josh Dobbs the starting quarterback when they come out of the bye? They're on a bye this week. 
Uh, Kevin O'Connell kind of left that question open when he was asked about that. They're going to review everything, you know, huddle up. My expectation is that he will. Yes. But I still I think, think so he gives too. them the best chance. Uh, again, he did not play well, but the entire team didn't play well. It's not, not all on Dobbs. And they didn't have Justin Jefferson. So getting Justin Jefferson back will be a big key here. Um, and we'll talk about what this offense looks like when we know what the quarterback is. But just it's worth noting that as you go in, if you've been sort of – if you picked up Dobbs to replace Cousins or Burrow or whatever, there's a chance that you may not have a starting quarterback. Like the, So as you head to the wave wire, you're going to need someone to replace Dobbs this week anyway because they're a bye. But – just be aware, there is a chance he loses his job. Yeah, very quickly, other side of the ball, <clears throat> Justin Fields, not a great football no. game, but does provide his, his Justin Fields rushing value. Uh, no touchdowns, though. And then DJ Moore is just locked in every week starter, obviously, but you want them to throw the ball down the field a bit more. Yeah, it's a little bit weird, but uh, Roshan Johnson overtakes this backfield again. There, uh, We'll see what happens. They're on a bye as well. We'll see what happens when Foreman comes back. And by the way, solid little game for Cole Komet in a game in which uh, not much was happening offensively. We're taking one more break. When we're back, we're bringing you our favorite futures bets on the market right now, right after this. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Time for a little Back to the Futures, but Matthew, before I we do... just want to clean a couple of things up. Um, during my rant about um, how dare they compare David Tepper to Daniel Snyder, it was brought up to my attention during the commercial break that I, mi- I one of the things I forgot to mention that da- Dan- David Tepper has never been sued by his minority owners the way Snyder has. He, uh, he, as far as we know, uh, Tepper doesn't charge his employees for coffee the way that Snyder did. He doesn't charge fans for parking and admission to preseason practices the way Snyder did. He, he, apparently, he hasn't uh, been accused of stealing money from his season ticket holders the way Snyder has. And, of course, uh, he's never, it's never been alleged that he put the Carolina Panthers logo on his own personal plane and then charged the team $4 million for advertising the way Snyder was accused of that. Just wanted to clean all that up. I missed all those things. Well done. All right. Well, speaking of Mike McDaniel, Jay, back to the futures. What do you got for us? Okay. I got offensive player of the year, Connor. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not the favorite for this award. He's plus 105. McCaffrey's the favorite. I think that's very wrong. I think Tyreek Hill should be a heavy favorite to win this award. He's on pace for 2,046 receiving yards, the greatest receiving season of all time. And here's why, to me, he is more valuable than McCaffrey, more likely to win this award. He is the key to the Miami offense. It is him. It is his gravity. He's Stephen Curry. And McCaffrey, on the other hand, is surrounded by more superstars, and I think that Tyreek will win this award. 
I'm with you, Jay. I was a little surprised as well that he was not the favorite, although that gap is definitely tightening. Yeah. Listen, I'm looking at a win total here. Panthers under two and a half wins <laughs> okay. is plus 135. I don't see anywhere where the Panthers can get two more wins. Maybe an interim staff gets them one more win, but when you look at this team right now, guys, it just feels like a big hill to climb, and I like that it's plus money. Yeah, I like that. How about Mike Tomlin, coach of the year at plus 1,200? Like, preseason win total was 8.5. It's currently set at 10.5, and, and I think they're going to go over that. They had the longest odds of any AFC North team to make the playoff. Their upcoming schedule is ridiculously easy. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to have 11 wins. Coach of the Year, Mike Tomlin, at plus 1,200. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here for Jay, Connor, myself. Free David Tepper. Peace out. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.